It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. How you doing, guys? The SS Titanic struck what could be the ending blow to its hull last Thursday when uh, 13 Marines were murdered by uh, Taliban in uh, Afghanistan. And that was the, the final straw uh, after a disastrous pullout of Afghanistan that has people flummoxed, angry, um, and ready, ready to fight. People are heartbroken. People are uh, angry that 20 years, 20 years of blood and treasure was uh, was spent on this uh, and this uh, president. Everything he's failed in his entire life, particularly in his in his political life, which, you know, has been a, uh, a debacle from day one. So I'm going to share a bunch of that. I'm going to talk with one of our Newsmax hosts, Carl Higby. He was nine years a Navy SEAL, and he's going to share his experience in Iraq and his feelings about this. He's been asked to come over and help save Americans and Afghanis. And our State Department is, is resisting and not allowing them to save people. There was a Gold Star event. The uh, dignified transfer of the remains of 13 soldiers slain in Afghanistan on Sunday. Family members were... Uh, they uh, many of them refused to meet the president. I wouldn't meet the damn president. There's no way. I, I wouldn't meet the president. I don't want to... I don't want him to rub salt in the wound... My, my son or daughter, they were on their way home. They were on their way. And, uh, you know, a, several of them were getting married. Several of them were going to have children, the whole deal. One was pregnant. Uh, his wife was pregnant. He's 20 years old. One woman screamed at Biden at the airport tarmac, I hope you burn in hell. That was my brother, according to Mark Schmitz, the father of 20-year-old Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz, who was killed in a suicide bombing attacks outside of Kabul. Schmidt said he attended the ceremony and his ex-wife, and he glared as he said the president spent more time looking at his ex-wife while he spoke about his son, Bo Biden, who died from cancer after leaving the military. Nice, isn't it? I said, don't you ever forget the name. Don't you ever forget the face. Don't you ever forget the names of the other 12, Schmitz uh, told the Washington Post, and take some time to learn their stories. That's not going to happen. That's not going to be. That's not going to happen to a guy who is so cognitively impaired that he can't. Uh, he can't uh, see straight. So um, the the mother of uh, Riley McCollum, who was the twenty year old that I was speaking about, whose uh, fiance is pregnant and is expected to have the baby, she called into Andrew Wilkow's show on uh, XM Satellite. I want to share segments of this interview, then reaction from the other Gold Star parents, etc. And that's coming up. Hey, my son was one of the Marines that died yesterday. And to listen to that. Sorry, I'm on the radio. No, 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 no. Um, go, go My ahead. son uh, was one of the Marines that died yesterday. 20 years and six months old. Getting ready to come home from freaking Jordan to be with his wife to watch the birth of his son. And that feckless, dementia-ridden piece of crap just sent my son to die. I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning to Marines at my door telling me my son was dead. So, to have her on right before me and listen to that piece of crap, talk about diplomatic crap with freaking Taliban terrorists who just freaking blew up my son and know nothing, to not say anything about, oh my God, I'm so sorry for the families. 
This September the 11th should be a day of remembrance and mourning, but also the start of a new American revolution against the deep state. I'm not talking about a physical war, but I'm talking about uh, we have to turn this over. We have to turn over this corrupt, incredible corrupt government. Every branch of the government, the FBI, the CIA, the, the intelligence community, the presidency, the Congress, the military are all being operated by swamp-dwelling insiders and they don't give a rat's behind about you and me. I've said this before that I believe the grievances that our founders had that created this country pale by comparison to the abject corruption that's going on in Washington, D.C. and it's extending branches across the country. It really, really does. Here's some more from uh, Riley McCollum's mother calling into the Andrew Wilkow Show. So my son is gone. And I just want all you Democrats who cheated in the election or who voted for him legitimately, you just killed my son with a dementia-ridden piece of crap who doesn't even know he's in the White House. He still thinks he's a senator. By the way, the uh, president of the United States, earlier they said that he was going to speak at 1 o'clock today. Now it's going to be a best. I guess I've heard uh, 345 today. The reason why he goes early is because he loses all cognitive ability in the evenings. I've heard that from a number of people. That's just the way it is. They, uh, people who have dementia in the evenings, they, they completely lose it. They have no ability to think. It's, it's best to put a, uh, a lid on it, as the Biden administration says, and, and go to bed and forget it happened. That's why the biggest press conference of the Biden presidency last Monday was at 3.45 in the afternoon, where he finally addressed the fall of Kabul, and the, uh, this was before the Marines were killed on Thursday. More of uh, Riley McCullum's mom. Um, my son was a genius child, uh, an IQ of 156. He could have done anything he wanted to do in the military, and he chose to be a Marine sniper. And that was his choice. Instead of just, you know, being fast-tracked, he chose um, he chose this course. But I never thought in a million years... That he this would is the next morning after Marines came and visited her home. ...die for nothing. For nothing, because a feckless, dementia-ridden piece of crap decided he wanted a photo op on September 11th. That's what kills me. I wanted my son to represent our country, to fight for my country, but I never thought that a feckless piece of crap would send him to his death and smirk on television while he's talking about people dying with his nasty smirk. The dementia-ridden piece of crap needs to be removed from office. It never would have happened under Trump. And I am, I'm pacing, just so you know I'm out of breath because I'm pacing. But it is so disgusting that these people cannot even, even acknowledge the fact that they just killed my son for nothing. The third deadliest day in 20 years for Americans abroad. And very little time was spent on it. Joe Biden welcomed the caskets at Dover. All of his uh, his wankers in uh, you know the higher ranks, McCollum, Austin, Blinken, they were all there. They all wore masks, which was another insult to the soldiers who had passed. And I'll uh, share Steve ba- uh, Bannon's thoughts on that in uh, another segment here. Jim McCollum is the fa- as the father of Riley. He appeared, um, I believe this is on Sean Hannity's show, talking about his son and what happened at Dover. I uh, I actually declined the meeting with the president. Um, we went to a different room. When he came, we we went to a separate room. I I had no desire to to meet with the president. Why? Uh, the way he has handled this, uh, everything he's done, every step along the way has been absolutely backwards. 
and I don't understand the process of how how they came to the, the decisions that they made. Um, a high school kid could make better decisions than they've made in this. They they have fumbled the ball every step of the way. Well, we'll get into a little bit of the other ways that this president has fumbled everything, everything since day one. By the way, this new book is called Physician on a Mission, uh, Dr. Veltmeyer's Prescription to Save America. He offers a prescription for curing the deepening crisis of our American Republic, and it is a, a brutally bombarded by cultural revolutions in our media and universities and globalist manipulators in New York, Washington, D.C., and Silicon Valley. This is a brave book. Um, it features op-eds that he has written, this doctor has written, where he addresses a host of uh, national and international issues, education, abortion, COVID, all the things that you and me perhaps have been uh, banned from social media. This is a brave book, and a lot of people are saying it is a terrific read. Uh, one says, as America descends into the chaos and lawlessness unleashed by Biden and his merry band of radical leftists, Dr. Veltmeyer's book will enlighten all Americans to what they need to know and how to take their nation back. And that's what we need to do. It is available in all the usual places you'd find it. If you want to check out physicianonamission.org, physicianonamission.org, get to know it a little bit, and then order the book. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's pertinent, and in a day of unprecedented censorship in America, it is a great read, and it's great to have. All right, again, it is physicianonamission.org. Let's uh, let's hear what Mr. Bannon had to say about the uh, mask-wearing Biden and his clown car of uh, of criminals. And the problem is right there in Dover yesterday. Right, two two of the families didn't even want to participate. And of course, it's thing says, oh, it's such a grieving thing. No, they didn't want to participate because they didn't want that regime up there uh, doing it with the mask. I want an epidemiologist. I want to I pick it. I, you know, Tony, have Tony Fauci run the numbers. Tell me. Point zero 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 one percent chance on an open tarmac on a windy day when you're fully vaccinated and you do not have the respect for the honored dead to take the mask off. Yep. This is not managed to climb by the elites anymore. This is an implosion of our elites in the uniparty. This is an implosion. That's what won. That's what got us through Valley Forge. That's what held the angle at Gettysburg. Right? That's at Peleliu and Tarawa. That's the 8th Air Corps over Europe. That. You don't think we have rot? Scheller told you, you don't think we have rot at the core of these institutions today? It's more than just leadership. The CRT thing showed you, Colonel Lohmeyer showed you, this is rot. Absolute rot. I want you to put yourself in this position, and, and maybe some of you are in this position, where you have had a, a son or daughter or husband or wife or uh, a family member or friend who uh, died serving the country, and... Can you imagine showing up at that airport and seeing this band of clowns wearing these big black masks standing there completely uh, without any emotion whatsoever and the president looking at his watch constantly? Did you see that photo up? That was dystopian. That was unreal. It was uncaring. It was un. It was the ultimate slap in the face when you look at them standing there emotionless just because they had to be there not because they wanted to be there and they were the cause of the deaths of all of these young people many of them infants and children when september the 11th happened this is what 
angers me so much. We've invested so much into this. Two generations of people. Two generations of people. Millennials and Gen Xers who saw what happened on September the 11th and signed up and said, I want retribution. And many of them have come back. Thousands have come back in caskets with PTSD, without limbs, burned over their entire bodies. And on September the 11th, in the afternoon, maybe you're not young enough or you're too young to remember this. The Taliban handed out candy to children and they fired their weapons in the air and they danced around as the buildings fell. And yesterday in Kabul, they fired their weapons into the air and they danced around just in time for September the 11th, 20 years later. More with Steve Bannon. The people that, like Eric Prince said, the guys from the think tanks, the people that know so much more, that are so better than you, because you're part of the Trump movement, you're part of America First, you're part of MAGA, you're a deplorable. You're a deplorable, okay? Happens to be your sons and daughters over there, but you don't know anything. Here's what we've done. In 20 years, with $9 trillion, $9 trillion, 10,000 dead, doesn't include the contractors. I think there's another couple thousand contractors, right? So let's say 10 to 15,000 dead, 50,000 wounded, PTSD an entire generation, 60, was it 60 uh, veterans a day committing suicide? Yeah. Right? Totally on opioids, drugs, all of it. Shattered families, shattered lives that volunteered for the defense of their country, those kids, think about it. How many were, tw- how many were not born or born around 9-11? Mm-hmm. Steve Bannon said, uh, this is not the end of a war. This is just the beginning. Patriotism personified. And guess what? The magazine, the tip sheet of, of, the, of, of the party of Davos, the tip sheet, the economists finally dust off something in bold red. What's next for global jihad? What's next for global jihad? Because they admit what the uh, what the what NATO and our elites and our uh, leadership with Biden, right? What's next for global jihad? You know what? You know what their answer is? A lot, and it's all over. It's going to be in your life. So we've created after twenty, and there's and Biden says, "I'm getting us out of the war. I'm getting us out of the war." Note to self: the war is just starting. You're not getting out of a war. Let that sink in. For those of you who were adults in uh, 2001, let that sink in after all of this. Let's call Carl Higby. He's uh, uh, on Newsmax, and he hosts a lot of different shows on the program. I, I got to meet Carl a couple months ago in New York, and I was very impressed by him. He was in the military. He was a Navy SEAL for nine years. He is a badass bleep bleep and uh, let's call him get his thoughts on this this morning Hello, Carl Higby, Rob Carson. How are you doing, my friend? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Um, I want to get your reaction to what happened on uh, on Thursday and what has happened since with the death of 13 of our soldiers and then a what I call a uh, return to Dover where he was greeted by Joe Biden's clown car of corruption. What are your feelings from Thursday until today? I mean, I'm 
pretty heartbroken. I was never in Afghanistan, but I did a couple pumps over to Iraq. And one of the things with Iraq was I was there during the withdrawal and during the drawdown. And we had similar intelligence saying that the same stuff was going to happen. It didn't unfold nearly as rapidly or as catastrophically as Afghanistan did. But, I mean, this hurts, man. This is like, this this stings. And to see the fact that, like, the State Department warned them on July 13th yeah. that this was probably going to happen and they didn't do anything, that really chaps me quite a bit. Yeah, I was very, very disappointed that the uh, Mark Milley was there, our Secretary of State was there, Joe Biden was there checking his watch when the, you know, the largest transport of deceased troops in at least a decade arrived. I just, I think they have no shame. And it, it was their fault that those troops had to go back in. And today, seeing the pictures of uh, the airport and the Air Force Base just added insult to injury and uh, makes me want Biden out of office more than ever, whether it be impeached or through the 25th Amendment. What do you think? I completely agree. And one of the other things, too, that I want to point out that not a lot of people are talking about is the simple fact that um, we spoke to the Taliban like a, a few months ago and the Taliban was like, do you want us to, there was a negotiation or so. Why are we sitting at a negotiation table? Why, why are we not dictating the terms of our withdrawal? But nevertheless, this weak administration was in a negotiation with them. And they actually, the general say, no, 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 we don't need Kabul. We just need the airport. And my thought to that is like, okay, so we had the, the Taliban was willing to stay out of Kabul altogether. Yeah. If we had said yes, and we declined that, and as a result, this is what happened. Like election, this is like a classic example, and it's a horrific example. This is this is a perfect example of why elections have consequences. Yeah, yeah. Just when you think that you you can't get any dumber, uh, you find out another layer of stupid. I mean, honestly, if if your goal was to f up everything. The Biden's doing that. This isn't, you know, I mean, honestly, if, if your goal yeah. was to just make every wrong decision, he's doing it. Yeah. And, you know, I had this disagreement with somebody a, a while back about, um, you know, how voting and gun rights, and this is, stay with me here, voting and gun rights are equally protected under the Constitution, no doubt. Yeah. So someone says, well, voting doesn't get people killed. Guns do. <laughs> and this is this is this uh, unfortunately as horrific as it is this is a perfect example of if you voted for Joe Biden yeah. you voted for policies that got these 13 soldiers and sailors killed yeah why did you sign up why did you why did you uh, go in and serve the serve the military for 9 years uh 9/11 okay so i was a seal in uh, I was in. I was actually in college in uh, in nine eleven. It yeah. happened. Or I decided that it was not. You know, I didn't want to do the college thing. We started putting troops on the ground, so I dropped out, joined, became a SEAL, and went over to Iraq a couple times. Never made it to Afghanistan, but um, it, it was one of these things that I felt that those who have the ability have the responsibility. I wanted to be in the military since I was a kid. Wow. And now is a better time than ever because, you know, guys were coming home in bags and I wanted to make sure that I was over there to try to do everything I could to, to limit that. The thing that really uh, just hurts so much is that we have so much invested in this effort. Uh, Carl, again, I've never served in the military, but I've been involved in, in fundraising uh, for Fisher House. I've been to Walter Reed uh, more times than I can even 
uh, say, uh, you know, and we, we've seen so many come home with profound mental or physical injuries, so many charities that popped up, so many Gold Star families created, so many things. And now all of this, all of this that we have invested, literally two generations, it's just such a incredible shame and waste that it had to end this way. Yeah, I mean it really is, and it, it didn't have to. And it, the, the the typical, I, the, we're, what I'm frustrated about is people are are really playing politics on this. And me criticizing Joe Biden for this is not me playing politics. It's me criticizing the guy who made stupid decisions or allowed stupid decisions to be made. And they're saying, well, you know, Trump did this and Trump did that and Trump set this withdrawal. Yes, Trump did set this withdrawal date. All right, but keep in mind, like we didn't have these problems under Trump. The last person who tried to mess with Trump was Soleimani, who, you know, when we found out where he was and he was plotting against our embassies, Trump turned him into Pico de Gallo. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, yes. you know, I'm not. Yeah. And we didn't have problems. Like nobody would have dared do this because they knew that, you know, Trump was going to turn their their house into a parking lot. And we, nobody's afraid of us anymore. No. So w- when I talk about Joe Biden, it's not me playing politics on this. Or th- this is there were significant landmarks and benchmarks that were laid out by the Trump administration no. in order for us to withdraw safely. Okay, giving up our our, our favorite air base before we knew the Afghani government could stand on its own was not one of them. No. G- giving up gr- ground voluntarily to the Taliban that you know. Even after they advised us, they were like, well, you sure you guys don't need this? Like, okay, I guess we'll take it back. Like, that was not part of Trump's plan. This was all a part of the upper echelon, the brass in the United States military, who is closer to a politician than any of the people in D.C. are. They wanted to, I I don't know what it was, they just wanted to check the box and move, move the ball laterally on the field, not even down the field. And this is this is an example. You just recently saw this other Marine who called, who had you know got kicked out of the military for calling him yeah. out and saying, "This is not the military I joined. You should be you know, our troops' safety and their lives and their livelihoods coming home to their families should be number one on your target deck. And if that's not it, I don't know what you're doing here. And, and that is the problem: yeah. is these people have become so complacent, it's a video game to them. It's not even real. Yeah. And the only way to make it real for these people is if their son or daughter was sitting there on the battlefield right yeah. now. But they don't do that because the people who are representing us right now, in large, there are, this doesn't apply to all, but in large, have no skin in the game and don't care. I saw you uh, speaking last week, and uh, you were essentially asked, would you go back to save our, our allies and Americans in Afghanistan? It didn't surprise me that you said, hell yes. Um, if you yeah. were called, if you if you were called by either uh, the, the 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 government or a uh, private entity, would you would you consider? I mean, you've got a lot to lose. You're you know you're 38 years old. Uh, you got a family. What are your thoughts? I would ask them if I have enough time to go home and get my bag that's packed right now. Because, Rob, last week I had the opportunity to potentially go over there. Okay. And I'm going to talk about this tonight um, on Greg Kelly's show. Great. And it is I, – I was contacted by some people to say, hey, we're putting together some strike teams. We're going to go over there. We're going to get people. I said, tell me where to be and what to bring, and I will be wow. there. And I packed my stuff. It is sitting at home with everything, body armor, kit, supplies food, water, firearms, everything I would need to get into country and make sure that I can do the job that our federal government is not doing on behalf of the American people right now, I will do it. And if I died doing it, I wouldn't regret a single minute of it. Wow. 
Carl, I just thank you for your service, man. And, and you're a bigger man than I as far as your willingness to lay down your life for others. I've never I've never been asked to do so, but I think it's, it's amazing. And I just wish you Godspeed if you do go. And certainly as somebody who can convey this to the American people over the airwaves, I think it's so important, brother. So... Yeah, well, no, it's, it's you know, it's, it's got to be done, Robin. Everybody's got a place and a calling in this world. And, you know, I, I think, to me, it is, it is really frustrating to sit back and, and watch this. And the problem is, is the government, the U.S. government right now, yeah. and Eric Prince said this on uh, another, another network, they are actively blocking people like me from going overseas and doing the job that they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I think it's time uh, for um, a peaceful revolution in this country. One other note I want to mention um, on Twitter this morning, uh, Biden is a disaster is uh, is trending and it features a picture of him falling asleep while the Israeli PM sat across from him and talked. I would assume you saw that. I did. I did. And I mean, come on, you're the president of the United States. You can't have a cup of coffee before you go in with the the leader of of our our only ally, basically, in the Middle East. Give me a break. All right, brother. Well, I'll watch you tonight on Greg Kelly's show. I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate it. All right. Take care, Carl. Talk to you. See ya. Uh, American badass. You're like, all right, I'll go. Wouldn't even think twice about it. Wouldn't think twice about giving his life to save people right now. He doesn't even know. Here's John Carl of ABC uh, this weekend. Uh, not too, not too crazy about uh, some in the Biden administration saying that the withdrawal was a uh, gigantic success. John, I want to talk to you first here. Listening to President Biden and his top national security advisors before the horrible bombing, they were making this sound like a smashing success. But you heard what Secretary Blinken just said. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, uh, they've been describing something that isn't reality. Uh, this has been an incredible airlift, more than 100,000 people evacuated, but what a disaster. Uh, clearly, Thursday was the worst day of the Biden presidency. And we don't really know, Martha, uh, how bad it really is. Uh, we, we know the disaster that has unfolded. Now- Do you think if they won't tell us the truth about domestic issues, they're going to tell us the truth about what's happening in Afghanistan and how many people were left behind? If you think so, you're out of your nut. Now the big question is, does Afghanistan once again become a safe haven for terrorist attacks on U.S. interests around the world or at home? Of course it does. Uh, which so is, really- of course, why they said they were getting out. That, is- that was solved. Yep. And, and, you know, maybe part of the reason why Afghanistan... But we gave them $85 billion in military equipment. Afghanistan had not been such as there was... You know what we give Israel every year for military equipment? About 2 to $3 billion, and they're our best ally. A, a military presence in Afghanistan. Uh, but now uh, we will have this over-the-horizon uh, capability. But the bottom line is the terror threat has increased and our ability to combat it has decreased. Unbelievable. Here is on CNN's Chris Cuomo show. I never usually, I don't ever watch his show, but this is a woman who, uh, uh, she was protecting more than 20 women and children trying to escape Afghanistan. Um, not only did the Biden administration leave, they said they were going to leave on the 31st today, but they actually left a day before, which, well, they got screwed even worse. Here she is on a phone call to all, of all people, Chris Cuomo. I just found out that they left and I was just silent for for a little while and I just went walk around the rooms and I saw the young kids are sleeping and they have no clue what happened this morning that the last she woke up yesterday uh, the other kids in the family she's trying to protect still sleeping and she heard that the uh, last plane had flown out a day 
earlier than expected. It's gone and we're left behind. It's heartbreaking to see that with all this, uh, what's going on, no one heard us that we are in danger and we need to be safe. It's just heartbreaking. I don't know. I just don't even know what to say to you. And whoever was uh, trying to help me and support me, um, even they did not tell me that the flight is, this is the last flight. So I still had hope that we will leave. If not all of them, at least some kids and some uh, mother who had disabled kids, I had hope for them, at least they can leave. What are they going to be? They're going to be slaves. They're going to be murdered or they're going to be slaves. They won't be educated. They won't be able to to succeed in their lives. Because they're uh, because they were born women, they don't change genders over there. If you're born a woman and you're in a Taliban rule country, you are in a caste system. You will never be able to educate yourself or succeed or have a job or drive or experience the freedoms that a man would. Rob Schmidt featured uh, Representative John, Ronnie Jackson. He has constituents stuck in Afghanistan, at least seven of them just in his district. That is absolutely right. I have up to seven constituents from my district that are stuck over there that can't get out. And it's not because they haven't been trying. They've been trying aggressively. They've gone, they were, they were within 200 feet of the airport gate at one point. They've been at the checkpoints multiple times. They've been trying their best to communicate with the State Department. The State Department would just be like, go to the South Gate. And, and they can't get to the South they can't get wow. past the Taliban checkpoint. They were threatened. The 15-year-old son was struck in the face. The uncle was beaten up. The mother had a gun put to her head and told her, and, and the Taliban told her they didn't care who she was, where she was from, and, and if she had a passport or not, that if she came back again, they'd kill her. I mean, this is insane. And the State Department acts like, well, if you wanted out, you could get out. Anybody who wanted it's a lie. out, we were standing by waiting for them to show up at the gate. This is ridiculous. We've abandoned American citizens over there. These people are going to be hostages now. They essentially are hostages. They yeah. just haven't been ransomed yet, but you better bet that's about to happen. Absolutely. Here's a little bit more from Representative Ronnie Jackson about the number of Americans who are still there. It's bad enough as one is left behind, but when hundreds and possibly thousands are, that is unprecedented in American history and should cause a new American revolution. Their estimate today was something like 100 left, potentially. You think it's yeah. far greater? Oh, it's way, it's way greater than that. It has to be. I mean, I, I'm from a small district in Texas. Well, it's a, it's a large district area-wise, but uh, population-wise, one of the smaller districts in the right. country. And I have seven there. You've got to imagine it's got to be way more than that. You know, and they couldn't, for whatever reason, they couldn't tell us what the number was for days and days on end. They didn't want to make any estimates. They couldn't tell us what it was. But now suddenly that they're out, they just make it as small as they can make it. Yep. 100 or 200 is about as small as they can estimate. But the reality is there's a lot more over there. And I'm so sick of these, you know, these shameful idiots from the State Department and from the Department of Defense getting up in front of the press and patting themselves on the back about what a great job they did with this evacuation. They failed this country. They they have taken the first step in the destruction of things that men have fought and died for overseas for decades. Unreal. The headline, not a great day for American service dogs, U.S. military abandons dozens of canines alongside planes, Chinooks, and Humvees worth billions in scramble to leave Kabul. Dozens of contracted working dogs, along with up to 200 civilians and military equipment stuck there to die, given a death sentence. American Humanist Group has called on Congress to rescue the purpose-trained dogs who perform a wide range of duties and work along military dogs. 
The organization's CEO said in a statement, I'm devastated by reports that the American government is pulling out of Kabul and leaving behind brave U.S. military contract working dogs to be tortured and killed in the hands of our enemies. Contract working dogs are normally uh, owned by private contractors to work alongside military dogs who are owned by the Defense Department, uh, uh, often uh, performing similar duties. And with the same degree of honor, by the way, as a human Unbelievable. 90 retired generals and admirals have called for the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, to resign and the head of the, uh, the Defense Department, uh, Lloyd Austin. They need to go. Calls for resignation are based on negligence in performing their duties primarily involving events surrounding the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. Also asked if Milley and Austin advised against the withdrawal, they should have resigned if Biden didn't take their direction in protest of his leadership. And has just come out that Biden was offered control of Kabul, Kabul and the airport. And he said no. Unbelievable. Representative Kat Kamek, I, I really, really, I think she's a bright and a wonderful uh, Congress uh, person. She appeared with uh, Spicer and Company, and uh, she was confronted by the uh, general yesterday saying that uh, we just couldn't get all of our Americans out. It wasn't possible. The situation wouldn't allow us to bring out American citizens? Uh, Sean, I am shaking. I am so furious right now. I cannot even begin to tell you how heartbroken and pissed off, quite frankly, myself, my team, my colleagues, uh, the veteran community, you name it, it, the list goes on and on. That is BS. The fact that General McKenzie stood there in front of a podium and said that they wouldn't have been able to get them out, that's BS. My team has been working around the clock, 24 hours a day. In fact, I know... There are thousands of veterans. There are thousands of, of people who have been involved in the Middle East, contractors who would gladly go over today. But the United States, the State Department, the Defense Department, they are not allowing any surrounding country with air bases to be used. So there's no chance of the good guys going in, even though the Defense Department and our the intelligence community have shut down everything in Afghanistan. They've washed their hands of it. The State Department washed your hands of it. And yet they're still preventing those who really want to go in and make something happen from actually going in. Several congressional offices that have been running. Perfect meta metaphor for while the private sector is much more effective than the public sector. Four hours a day trying to get people out of Afghanistan, American citizens out of Afghanistan. For the last 72 hours, I have had direct contact with the Department of Defense, with the Department of State, giving them lists of American citizens who had to make multiple trips to the gates because this administration gave the information for our American citizens and our allies to the Taliban and they actively sought them out. So we kept having to change the safe houses and change the routes to get around the Taliban checkpoints. And you know what happened last night after the third attempt of us trying to get four American citizens along with several green card holders and SIVs out? They killed our translator. Unbelievable. Here's some more with Kat Kamek. People will be held responsible, including the president. This will absolutely not stand. We will be holding this administration accountable across the board. Since he loves deadlines so much, he can have up until midnight on August 31st to resign. But Americans, we deserve accountability. Just saying that the buck stops with you yes. doesn't mean that you actually have taken full responsibility. We have 
Marines who have given their lives. We have families here at home who will never see their loved ones again because of the total and utter incompetence of this administration. And I know I speak for several of my colleagues who are still, along with my team, trying to get Americans out. They may say that the war is over, that the conflict is over. It isn't until every single American gets home. So until that president, that man in the White House who claims to be commander in chief, decides to do something different, we will make sure that we are putting people above politics because he certainly has made it a clear, abundantly clear, that they are about nothing, nothing but a political outcome centered around a 20th anniversary of one of the most devastating attacks on American soil. We will get our people home. Unbelievable. Here is uh, Senator Tom Cotton talking about who is uh, who is accountable, who will be held. My patience is tapped here. Uh, for the last two weeks, my office, like so many congressional offices, was focused on trying to get American citizens out of Afghanistan. Uh, Joe Biden broke that promise. He promised the Taliban would be out by August 31st. He promised the Americans in Afghanistan he'd stay to get them out. He kept his promise to the Taliban. He broke his promise to Americans. Now that all troops are out of Afghanistan, it is the time to demand answers, to hold accountable all those officials who created the terrible conditions that we've seen in Afghanistan for the last several weeks. Some of these things are very simple questions to which there are noble answers. What did the military recommend to Joe Biden about Bagram Air Base? Who decided to close Bagram Air Base? What were the arbitrary troop numbers uh, that were capped at the end that led to the closing of Bagram Air Base? There's a lot of very simple but very critical questions to be asked, and the answers are noble. They're sitting on a piece of paper somewhere in the Pentagon and the White House, and it's time for Congress to demand those answers in the weeks ahead. It's also time, as you say, to ensure that we are conducting rigorous oversight of the resettlement of refugees in this country. Yeah. Here's Kevin McCarthy uh, talking about Joe Biden's record and how for the last eight months he has failed at absolute everything. And this is the nail in the coffin. Well, this is the real challenge. Every crisis that has come before this administration, they have failed. Remember, the first crisis was the border. And how was it created? Not by legislation, but by executive order. On the moment he was sworn in, he stopped the wall. So we're paying people not to build the wall. He gave the option to allow people come into this country. We've had more than a million people come here illegally already. We have caught people on the terrorist watch list. Fentanyl has increased by more than 300%. So Americans are dying because of that. We watched the cartels become stronger throughout this border, more wealthy at the same time. And what did this president do? He first yelled at the press to say it was not a crime. He then ignored it and then passed it off to the vice president who would not tour it or go to it. By the way, if you notice, there's uh, there's no talk about the uh, the vice president. She's nowhere to be seen or heard again this week. I want to remind you, if you get a chance to check out Physician on a Mission, Dr. Veltmeyer's Prescription to Save America, um, he's offering his prescription for curing the deepening, deepening crisis of our American republic. And he shares his views on a host of uh, critical and international issues, health care, COVID, COVID restrictions, all of the things that will get you booted off of, uh, of uh, YouTube or Facebook if you disagree with the popular narrative. He is uh, seeking to bring truth of our priceless constitutional framework to liberty, free markets, and limited government to all Americans who are seeking the truth. I think you're going to enjoy this. It's an easy read if you've got an attention span that's really short like mine. These are uh, an amalgamation of columns and thoughts. And I think you'll find yourself enwrapped in it and maybe motivated. Here's a review. A remarkable book, Physicians on a Mission, is the antidote to America destroying policies of the Biden regime and its radical left puppet masters. 
Uh, you can get it on hard ca- hardcover, paperback, Kindle, through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart. Also, just go to physicianonamission.org, physicianonamission.org, if you would do that. Americans are opposing 59% disapprove of Biden's handling of the deadly Afghan crisis, 38 approving. Immigration, 51% disapprove of Biden's immigration policy. Crime, 50% disapprove of Joe Biden's handling of crime, while 40%, 46% approve. Concerning gun violence, 52% disapprove of Joe Biden's handling, while 44% approve. He's failing on all, on all fronts. And this was, this was the straw that broke the camel's back. This was the straw that broke the camel's back. 20 years of our lives invested in initially seeing the, the abject horror of the greatest, biggest terrorist attack in the history of the world and the biggest attack on uh, our soil in American history. I remember the images as if it were yesterday. I remember that I could not believe I was watching building people jumping from buildings to their deaths. And then I remembered the buildings falling. And then I went to work, got involved in charities, been working with veterans, uh, disabled veterans, people with PTSD for decades. Always been proud to stand for the flag. Always been proud of our first responders, our veterans, and our, our Gold Star families and our past veterans. And we have just been attacked on all fronts by people who hate America, who, who can't stand that we are proud of our past, we are proud of our country, and we know it is the greatest engine of individual and uh, economic liberty, liberty in, the, in the history of mankind. And you can you can burn flags and you can and you can uh, and kneel for anthems and you can say whatever you want in the classroom. This was the final straw. This was the end. When after twenty years of sacrifice by at least two generations of people, is flushed down the toilet by a president who is so incompetent and so weak that he calls press conferences at one in the afternoon and falls asleep while the Israeli prime minister is sitting in a seat five feet from him. And you had all the warnings and you know it. And you knew it and you knew it. The media knew it. You knew it. You knew it was going to happen. This man will not make it to the end of the year. I don't think physically or mentally will not make it to the end of the year. And let's hope that before that, he is either impeached or removed from office using the 25th Amendment. We're done. We're done. We're done. I want to wrap things up with uh, Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent did a wonderful video over the weekend. I'm just going to let this go. You listen to what Ted has to say, and I'll see you on the other side when we wrap up this show. Ever in the history of the world, or America, or my life, have I been so ashamed of my government, and at the threat of being censored, or maybe even have some jackboots break into my property and come and arrest me, it's inescapable. The evidence is irrefutable. The United States government is the enemy of mankind. I've said it so many times before, you can't just piss and moan and squawk. You should call your mayor and your senator and your congressman and your governor, I'd say daily at this point, and express 
how horrified we are that this commander-in-chief who did not get elected legally and his treasonous gang have lost all respect for America around the world. world. My friends, please, if ever there was a time, just go to HunterNation.org. I know, what does hunting have to do with this? God, family, country, freedom, constitution, bill of rights, the Ten Commandments, the Golden Rule, law and order, constitutional oath accountability. That's what Hunter Nation is focusing on. Get everybody you know. Go to HunterNation.org. Tell everybody you know. HunterNation.org. We need to create a force of conservative families in this country to scare the living shit out of these traitors in the Democrat Party and the rhinos, the turncoats in the Republican Party. There are a lot of Democrats who feel this way too, by the way. Okay? There are a lot of Americans... Every patriotic American agrees with what he's saying right now. To get rid of career politicians who have done nothing. And if you're not raising hell and scaring them back that we're going to stand up, we're not going to take this much longer. What have they done to my country? 12 Marines dead. 11 Marines and a Navy medic dead because of this treasonous anti-commander-in-chief. Oh, my God. You know, I'm a big common sense guy, you know, logistics, one plus one equals two, my life worth saving from evil people trying to destroy my life. That's not an opinion. That's a that's a self-evident truth. The foundation of the only human dream in the history of mankind, it's called the American dream. Amen. Raise hell, my friends. They're walking all over us. Call your elected employees and raise hell. Don't let them off the phone. And- Amen, brother. Amen. And again, I think September the 11th, 2021 should be a day of remembrance, a day of mourning, and a day of we're sick of this and we're not going to take it anymore. How's that sound? I think it sounds pretty good. Guys, I want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, make sure, if you would, please to subscribe to the podcast on uh, whichever podcast platform you prefer. It could be Apple Podcasts. If you do, leave a five-star review. There are over 50 platforms, NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts. That's what you're going to be looking up, NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora. All of those links are at that link. So thank you for joining me. Fight the fight. Stay strong. Um, you know, See how you can get involved. Remember that the fight has just begun. Unfortunately, the war has just begun in the Middle East, but the fight has just begun right here against all of this nonsense. Guys, have a glorious day. God bless our service members, both living and deceased, particularly the 13 who died last Thursday and their families. God bless you. God bless this country. And until tomorrow, do not catch the stupid. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.